and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy, and today's guest is Zach Normanden, CEO and co-founder of beverage brand Dirty Lemon. In this episode, we talk to Zach about creating a text-based delivery service, developing a retail strategy that doubles as a product lab, and turning wellness trends into beverages. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's show. Today we have um, Zach Normandin, uh, CEO of the buzzy beverage brand Dirty Lemon. Thank you so much, Zach, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, Zach, tell us a little bit about the idea or impetus for Dirty Lemon. Like, what were you thinking um, when you first launched the brand? Right. Um, so, uh, my background is is in food and beverage, so I've kind of seen these uh, new concepts come and go over the years. Um, but something that was really fascinating to me um, was what was happening with juice cleanses. Um, so this was back in like probably the early 2000s, it was probably 2009 or 2010, so I guess maybe mid to late part of that first decade. And um, what was interesting to me about juice cleanses, which is kind of uh, what this was inspired, the whole brand was inspired by, was that the people that were drinking juice cleanses really weren't living the, the lifestyle that was prescribed to them by the people who were making the juice cleanses. So the juice cleanse companies wanted you to, bas- to basically drink juice for an entire week and not eat any food. And what I was seeing was people were using these beverages for their functional benefit. So they were drinking a green juice in the morning and then they were um, maybe having a salad for lunch and then doing a workout in the afternoon. But then at nighttime, they'd be drinking wine and eating pizza. And then they would kind of do the same thing over again the next day. So I, I saw that a lot of my friends who were saying that they were doing a juice cleanse were actually just incorporating a juice into their lives, their lives every day. Um, and that was really a lot of the inspiration for Dirty Lemon. So, um, you know, we make a line of functional beverages um, that are designed to fit into your daily routine. Um, made with functional ingredients that um, that contribute to different specific areas uh, of our consumers' lives that um, you know that they are, are looking for improvement in. So, um, the beverage that we're drinking right now is our is our latest. It's called CBD, and um, the CBD beverage is great for um, uh, anxiety, uh, inflammation. It's great to help you relax at the end of a day. Um, it's the non um, uh, psychedelic ingredient in the cannabis plant. So um, we knew that this was a buzzy ingredient. We incorporated it into a beverage, and we've done that with eight other, eight other beverages. So we have ginseng for energy. We have collagen for your skin and your hair. We have uh, charcoal, which was our first beverage, um, and that's um, really designed as a natural detoxifier or something that you can eat after a heavy meal or something. Um, you know that it, it, that was really the, the first beverage that was designed to um, to kind of replace the juice cleanse without having to, um, without requiring you to sacrifice, uh, you know, your lifestyle or your diet in the process. Tell me exactly what a functional beverage means. What does that mean to you and to Dirty Lemon? So we're using ingredients that have been common in the naturopathic space for a very long time. Um, and we're, we're taking the guesswork out of mixing pills and powders into, um, a smoothie or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and we're putting them into ready to drink beverage. So with our CBD, we're using, um, 20 milligrams of full spectrum, uh, CBD. Um, and then we add theanine and, um, and, uh, L-theanine and terpenes back to it. So those are two additional functional ingredients that help with relaxation. 
Um, so normally, if you were to consume each of these in- ingredients independently, you'd have to go out and buy L-theanine, and you'd have to buy terpenes, and then you'd have to buy CBD, and you'd have to kind of be a chemist and mix and match. And um, you know, we take a lot of the guesswork out of that, and we're providing. Um, you know, really, this is, uh, I think the way that the modern consumer wants to be, um, ingesting, um, ingredients that, um, provide them benefit. So yeah, like I said, whether that's collagen, CBD, charcoal, um, you know, we're launching turmeric next month, which is, um, very popular and, um, has a host of different benefits to it. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're pairing, uh, you know, all of the, the dirty lemon beverages have lemon juice, ocean minerals, and sea salt as the base. And then we add these flavor and function profiles on top of that. So um, it's essentially a non uh, a non sweetened or an unsweetened lemonade um, mixed with um, flavor profiles that are are attractive and and mature. Like we're not gonna um, you know we're we're never gonna sacrifice on the nutritional standard that we've established with the brand, um, which is no sugar and all of the beverages have under fifteen calories, which is um, I think very rare for a full flavored beverage. If you look at um, a lot of juice products on the market, they have 100 calories plus and, you know, 30 or 40 grams of sugar in some cases. Um, you know, you're getting a lot of that same benefit with our products without without the added junk and without having to sacrifice your lifestyle. You know, what we always say is, like, I'd rather sacrifice and on, or I'd rather um, break my routine and, like, have an extra piece of dessert or, you know, wine or pizza or whatever. Like, that's where I want to sacrifice calories and sugar and not on a beverage that I'm drinking every day. Um, so it's really for us, it's all about balance. And we think that, um, you know, the beverage format is a great way to, um, you know, to provide consumers with, the um, with the beverages that they're, or, w- w- you know, with, a, an accessory to that, that balanced lifestyle that I think everyone's living. Totally. Tell me a little bit about be- about these ingredients, about these functional, um, ingredients. You know, you've been very forward in terms of what you um, are bringing to market. You know, CBD is obviously blowing up and cannabis is blowing up. You are kind of on the forefront of that. Turmeric, although as like an ancient Ayurvedic um, um, spice or herb, has been around forever, but now we're hearing about it more in mainstream. You did the same thing with collagen. How are you kind of thinking about um, that ideation process from a product point of view? Like, what makes an ingredient interesting to you? Right. Um, I mean, a lot of it for us is just in, in seeing what the needs of our customers are. So, um, you know, we knew that we were launching CBD. It was something on in the pipeline. We were really excited by the, the, first of all, the, um, the efficacy of the ingredient. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of incredible studies that are being done now about the long-term effects of, of CBD supplementation and, um, I mean, it's, it's just, I think that there's so much potential in the ingredient and we knew that consumers just generally speaking, were were very, um, excited by the potential of CBD as well. Um, so we knew we were, we were pursuing the product, but, um, we, uh, one thing we didn't talk about before is the only way to buy our products is over text message. So we have a very, um, a very, um, heavy tech component to our business. And I would actually argue that we're more of a technology company than a beverage company. Um, we've, we've you know, establish this one-on-one direct connection with all of our customers, which, um, which is something that's very unique in the beverage industry where brands are, are typically, um, constrained by, uh, retailers and distributors. And, um, you know, they have to kind of work through a layer of, uh, of brick and mortar before they can get to their consumers. Um, we've established, uh, an operational infrastructure that supports, um, national scale direct consumer sales and, um, that allows us to build relationships with customers. So um, with CBD, we went out to all of our customers on social media and we just asked them, what do you think we should be 
Um, what, do, what do you think we should be launching next? And um, there were thousands of responses that came back and overwhelmingly most of them, most of most customers said uh, CBD. So with this product in, in particular, um, you know, that was just us kind of calling the trend or at least acknowledging it and then putting it into a bottle. But there, um, you know, I think in the future we're looking, you know, we travel a lot. Um, we, you know, we're always going to different food shows and really just seeing what's happening like on a regional scale. Um, we also, uh, you know, we launched uh, in New York City, this was last week, we launched our first retail concept, which is called the drugstore, which is a, um, an iteration of a concept that we launched last year in New York City um, in Nolita. But this one is in Tribeca and um, we're using it. So the front part of the space is a grab and go cooler where you can um, grab a bottle anytime. There's no one manning the space. So you just grab a bottle and then you text us and say, hey, I took a bottle of collagen from the cooler. Um, and at the drugstore. And then the back of the space is a full cocktail bar experience. So we have um, bartenders making homemade versions of all of the dirty lemon beverages. And we're using that as kind of a lab for new concepts to be created. So, um, you know, last year at the drugstore, we had uh, uh, rose and matcha, which were two of the beverages that we ended up putting into bottles. But we decided to test those beverages at, uh, in more of a retail format to see if consumers would like the products. And they love them. They were two of our best sellers. So that was validation for us to test those in, in bottled format. Um, so we'll be doing a lot more of that at the drugstore. And we're launching those in different regions so that we can start to collect consumption behavior or consumption data on, on beverage, uh, you know, on which beverages consumers are, are, are choosing over others. And um, I think that that gives us, um, it's more of a data-driven approach to launching new products than just kind of like throwing something out there. Um, so a lot of it is intuition, but we've, um, I think we've done a really good job of utilizing the data that we have available to us to make really well-informed decisions around which products consumers would like to, you know, would like to see us create. Sure. Um, before we get into the drugstore, I'd love to talk about, you know, the concept around the technology that you're using mm -hmm. for the site and for um, the text messaging between customers. Tell us a little bit about, you know, that concept and why, you know, I think we've spoken before and you said that um, it's it's not it's one way communication. It's not two way communication. So sure. you can't blast, you know, all of your customer base with, you know, a new product launch. So what was that measured kind of? approach about with the text messaging so our rule internally is that we only text our customers when we have something to give them for free not a buy one get one free it's just like a free thing so for example sorry going back to the drugstore again we launched a drugstore on thursday or wednesday technically um and we sent a text message to all of our customers in new york city um, inviting them to come into the drugstore and grab their first bottle on us for free so we had thousands of customers come in and grab a bottle for free. And that was something that we communicated to them via text message. But we would never communicate regularly via text message to our customers, offering them sales or you know any, any other just general marketing. It's always, you know we're, we're building a community with the customers that we have and that requires a level of sensitivity because we're utilizing a, techn uh, a technology that's, that's um, specifically reserved for uh, friends and family essentially. Um, you know, you wouldn't give your phone number to someone unless you were willing to communicate with them on a personal level. Um, I mean, I think the lines are getting blurry there now. I have a lot of like work contacts that are texting, you know, and they prefer texting. But um, but I do think for a long time, the majority of people kind of reserved uh, text messages for friends and family. And um, we'd like to consider ourselves um, a, a part of that group for our customers where, um, you know, and that's the reason why we developed the platform. We 
we wanted to make sure that customers would have a frictionless way of accessing the brand um, and ordering their products on the run. And that's a lot of what we're doing at the drugstore too. You know, we have a lot of customers in Tribeca, they're walking up Church Street and we want them to be able to grab a bottle of Dirty Lemon and not have to deal with standing in line, you know, having to swipe a card or anything like that. We already have the cards on file and, you know, you can charge a bottle to your account really easily and you can do that at your desk once you get to work um, if you're late for the train or a meeting or something like that. Um, but similarly, you know, we, we overnight the product everywhere in the United States. So we're offering same day or next day deliveries in every major U.S. market. And that is something that even Amazon isn't able to touch from a customer service standpoint. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the, you know, the, the, the basis around the, the SMS platform is really to to, um, you know, offer the best possible level of service to our customers. In terms of this idea of, um, you know, the grab and go capabilities mm -hmm. and that text is like kind of quicker, faster, you know, do you think that's a, a more premier experience than, you know, your traditional e-commerce, which is what a lot of other DTC or direct to consumer brands are doing right now? They're really relying on their website. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have a full working website and I mean, really the, the point of differentiation for us is once you get through the conversion funnel, um, you know, we, we have a shopping cart. So if you go to our website, it's going to look like any other e-com, um, company. Um, but yeah, when you get to the end of the, the funnel, the last step is to confirm via text message. Um, and yeah, I mean, we believe that in the power of messaging and we think that it's an incredibly uh, underutilized um, platform for commerce. So, you know, while other brands are, are, are um, exploring, you know, the further development of e-commerce, we think that C-commerce, which is conversational commerce or what we call it, is the future of, of commerce. So we think that people are looking across the board in many different categories for convenient, frictionless access to the brands that they're purchasing products from um, most frequently. Um, so yeah, that's the, you know, it, and, um, I think we were very, very early when that first, you know, when we first, uh, developed the technology, um, and a lot of it for us was, um, just a test to see if people would even be willing to buy beverages direct to consumer, which is something that hasn't really been developed at the scale that we've, that we've built, um, dirty lemon to date. Um, but seeing the technology work and consumers um, actually prefer to purchase their products direct from us rather than having to wait in line at a Whole Foods or, you know, um, have to, you know, go to their corner bodega and buy six bottles of, of their favorite beverage. Um, you know, we're delivering them to, you know, to right to the places where our consumers um, live, work and play. Um, yeah. So we, you know, th whether that's at your home or your office or, um, you know, we're using retail as a place to. Um, you know, through the drugstore as a place to create experiences for consumers that they're going to connect with the brand. Totally. Tell me a little bit more about the drugstore. You know, you obviously tested this concept last year in mm -hmm. Nolita. You've kind of brought it f into a more ongoing basis now in Tribeca. You know, I think people were maybe really surprised that, you know, a company like yours that is has traditionally been disruptive in this way, um, relying on text messaging, relying on direct-to-consumer is is trying out a retail format. Tell right. me a little bit about that and also how it's different from other retail experiences that are out there. So we, we launched the brand on Instagram and um, at a time that was very different than the current Instagram. So it was early 2015 that we started building the Dirty Lemon account. Um, we weren't even really selling a product in the beginning, We but we, we had friends that had built very large accounts 
Um, and we, we learn from them how to basically growth hack like a community around a specific aesthetic, which is what we ended up, um, what ended up kind of being the, the baseline for what, what the Dirty Lemon brand created. So we were kind of using, like, if you, um, if you put it in the example of uh, like mood boarding something, we were kind of building a live mood board with our customers to see what was working, what wasn't working. Um, and that was, that was early 2015. We launched a brand in 2015. Um, and you know, then you know, we, we were there when, the, when it went from chronological um, in the Instagram feed to, um, to the algorithm that, um, that everyone has come to, um, to, to love and <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, no, it's, so the, the, you know, we, were there for, we were there through the algorithm um, change and then um, you know, we, we're also starting to see now uh, you know, more changes that are happening in the digital space. So a lot of uh, advertisers that have historically um, focused the majority of their marketing dollars on retail and connecting with consumers in retail um, are now turning to online um, as an additional revenue stream. And, um, you know, that obviously clutters the market with advertising dollars that we're having to compete against now from much larger brands than we are. Um, so it's, you know, for us, like we're competing now against not only other beverage brands in the space, but we're competing against, you know, high end beauty brands and we're competing against car companies and jewelry. And, you know, there's a lot of different categories that are going after the same millennial consumer. Um, so with that being said, you know, we think it's a really, you know, the best, the best option for us right now to continue to um, expand our reach to consumers is to actually create physical experiences um, more, more frequently that, um, that consumers can access uh, the brand through on a face, you know, in a, in a real life setting. And, um, you know, we've done this several times over the years. We had, um, uh, you know, this past year, for example, we we launched our rose beverage on Valentine's Day and we opened a one day flower shop on the Lower East Side. Um, we had all the proceeds from the flower shop going back to the Lower East Side Girls Club, which is a really incredible nonprofit on the Lower East Side. Um, we were launching our, our rose beverage. So same thing with that launch. We sent a text message out to all of our customers, inviting them in to try a bottle on us. Um, and yeah, and that just that whole experience of having people that we've you know, traditionally uh, interacted with or historically interacted with only over text message, having them um, connect with us face to face and kind of feel the energy of the brand outside of Instagram is, um, we, you know, we felt a lot, there was a lot of value in that. And yeah, and then, um, you know, so that's the, you know, that's what we're looking to do. So we have, we have two locations that we're opening um, in New York City. So one of them tri being Tribeca. And then we have another location and then we're going to be do Chicago and Miami next year as well. Um, so we're starting to target the markets, our key markets, um, which right now are Los Angeles, New York, Miami, and Chicago. And, um, and really, uh, expand our reach with, um, programming that's built for, uh, for our customer base in all of those locations, um, in a controlled environment, which for us is the drugstore. Um, but we intentionally, um, you know, named it the drugstore because we wanted to be able to, um, we want it to be somewhere that I think if it was called like the dirty lemon something, it, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as attractive to consumers. I think having it be, um, kind of, uh, generically named or actually branded in its own way, um, actually increases the appeal of the, of the concept to consumers, um, because the brand becomes kind of a ancillary part of that experience. Um, but also there's a direct connection to the brand through the experience as well. So. How do you, how important do you think that, you know, those experiences and, um, relating back to the customer are 
now and today in our in in the beverage business in the wellness business mm-hmm. um what's driving you know community here for dirty lemon customers uh i think it's you know a lot of that for us is you know this is the reason why we're kind of going down this path um but i think the community that we have right now is um you know, it's, it's made up of a lot of people that find out about the brand through, you know, we do a lot of partnerships with, um, with gyms and, and different classes in, in, uh, New York, you know, yoga studios, et cetera. And, um, I think, you know, because we've done a good job of, of really just being, a uh, you know, we're not asking for anyone to buy anything. We actually just give the product out to a lot of these places. Um, I think that there's small pockets of community that's been built in those, um, it, through those experiences. So at the end of a class, you grab a bottle of ginseng, everyone's drinking the ginseng together. All of a sudden they all become customers. Um, but we really want to do that in a, in a more immersive way. Um, we have an incredible group of, uh, investors and advisors around the company that have, um, influence and, and there's, uh, influence in the, in the areas of music and entertainment and all these different fields that, you know, we know are appealing to our customers. You know, so we want to start leveraging that network and bringing um, friends of the brand in to be able to um, listen to, you know, some live music or um, see a panel discussion with someone that they really respect or, you know, maybe watch a screening of a film um, that hasn't been released yet or, you know, all these different things. Um, I know that we could, we could uh, you know, do for our customers, but we don't have really a place to do it yet. And that was, that's, that was the, the purpose of the of the drugstore is to have a home base or almost like a, a, a lab or a, you know, community center for, um, for the customer base. Zach, tell us a little bit about, you know, what we're seeing from the wellness perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you went, you talked a little bit about, you know, the 2009, 2010, you know, the juice cleanse frenzy that kind of spurred dirty lemon a little bit, but what's happening today? I mean, it seems like everything is wellness, whether it's yoga, whether it's dirty lemon, whether right. it's cannabis. So how is that helping um, what you guys are doing at Dirty Lemon? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's without question a much bigger part of our our lifestyle now, especially as New Yorkers. You know, I think um, people generally want to, you know, eat clean and be healthy and, um, you know, all I think that that's just become the new standard, um, in health for a lot of, a lot of consumers. Um, and yeah, I think that that impacts us directly because, you know, when you look at the beverage industry specifically, there's, um, it's largely held by a number of very, um, well-established companies, um, that are selling sugary beverages to consumers and they really don't want those beverages anymore. So, um, I think that it plays in our favor that, you know, people are starting to look and see how much sugar is in their beverages and they want function and they want, you know, products that make them look and feel great. Um, and that's, that's what we're offering through dirty lemon is, is, um, you know, very, very high quality ingredients that have a high level of efficacy in whatever area they're targeting and, um, you know, offering them to consumers in a way that, you know, is convenient to them, um, to help them look and feel better. And, um, I think that all of those things, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward what we're offering, but I do think in the beverage space, it hasn't really been, um, it hasn't been explored in the way that we're exploring it. Um, so yeah, I think the wellness, you know, wellness really isn't a trend anymore. I think I'm sure you agree with that. I think wellness is, is just a part of, um, a part of life and, um, I think that we're in a unique position where we can actually, um, 
you know, kind of chart a new course for beverage companies, um, you know, where we can set the new standard of, of what, you know, quality, uh, you know, what a quality ready to drink beverage is where for a long time it was, um, it, it was not, a, uh, it was not something that, um, I, I know today like the consumers would, would like, and that I'm mainly speaking about soda. I think like, you yeah. know, carbonated soft drinks have had, um, and just overly sweetened uh, drinks in general have had, um, I think a really big impact on the overall health of, of Americans and, um, yeah. And I think that there's a way to curb that, you know, like when you drink a dirty lemon beverage, there's, you're getting a, a full flavor, flavored beverage without any of that sugar, um, and with added functional benefit. And, um, yeah, that's what consumers are looking for. Do you think that, you know, you're on the cut or we're on the cusp of that changing tide, you know, across America, because, you know, some of the markets that you were talking about, like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. those are more, you know, typically more affluent, educated markets, you know, how do you get, dirty lemon in the hands of someone in Laredo, Texas, or, you know, in the middle of Nevada or Oklahoma, like how do you kind of engage that audience as well? Yeah. So, I mean, we're focused on major cities. So there's a stat, um, it's over 80% of the world's population is going to be living in major, major cities in the next 10 years, um, which is really a compelling stat. So we're, you know, we're looking at major cities to develop our distribution. Um, you know, we, we've already established, we've already established a direct consumer network and that was the first part of the business. And we think that, you know, what's happening in New York and LA and, um, you know, all these trend setting cities trickles down to the mainstream consumer in a big way. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, we're obviously not Coca-Cola. We're not a, um, gigantic company, so we have to be focused in our efforts. And, um, I think that, you know, by focusing on the place where we know, the majority of our consumers are, are spending their time, which definitely is the, the bigger cities. Yeah, so I think the most compelling part of, of our offering is that, um, you know, although we're focused on the major cities, um, you know, a customer who's living in rural Pennsylvania has the same access to the product as someone who's living in New York. Um, and that's for all of our products, including CBD, um, which, uh, you know, we're the first brand in the U.S. to offer a nationally distributed ready-to-drink CB, CBD beverage. Um, which is which is uh, you know something that we know has a broad national appeal, but um, hasn't been available to a lot of um, a lot of consumers in some communities. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that you know the the focus is is certainly on the bigger cities, but there's um, there's plenty of overlap into smaller communities just because we're I think that uh, you know everyone's looking at the same Instagram feed and um, you know and, and social media is a very powerful thing to attract consumers to the brand. Zach, with CBD, you guys launched pre-order, kind of messaged the product a little bit in a different way than you had with previous products. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that strategy. What were you kind of expecting and what happened? Yeah, so we pre-ordered the product um, really just to, you know, to get an understanding um, of what our production needs would be before we turn the machines on. Um, and it ended up playing... Um, very much in our favor because we we saw just through pre-orders that we had more than enough demand to actually run multiple production runs right off the bat. Um, so we're trying to get to a place with data where we're able to drive the de- the decisions that we're making with the company, whether it's with new products or the way that we're operating uh, and producing uh, producing beverages with um, you know at scale or whatever it may be. We want to we want to 
be smarter about um, using data to more efficiently run the business. And the, the pre-order process was really just a way for us to kind of pre-launch this idea that, or the, the, you know, the, the news that we were launching a, a new beverage um, and just get an understanding from consumers. We weren't charging credit cards or anything like that. We were basically just saying, um, you know, you can place an order for this product right now, but it's not going to ship for, um, you know, for another few days. And, um, yeah, and we were able to just uh, better manage production. That's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, I think a lot of retail brands, they rely on just like kind of hoping that a new product is going to work well. Um, you know, thankfully, we don't have to worry about that because um, we have data driving all of our decisions. Do you think it's something you're going to do with your launches upcoming, like turmeric and um, anything down the road? Is pre-order kind of a new method for you guys to push on or a new lever to push on? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think that there's there are things that we can do from a marketing standpoint where it's like, you know, if you pre-order now, we'll give you an extra case or something like that, which would allow us to uh, to collect that data. But I think with any marketing initiative or with any, I mean, ultimately to our consumers, it was kind of, it, we were marketing a new product to them. To us, we were collecting data, um, and you know, I think that that wears thin with consumers at some point. It's like free shipping eventually becomes the standard, right? Right. Um, and so does uh, 20% off or whatever it might be. And you have to think of really creative ways to, to attract consumers back to the brand. And um, so I don't think it's the right thing for every, for every product launch, but it certainly is a really powerful tool for, um, you know, for some of our products and CBD was definitely one of them. So you talked about, you're thinking about the next five years, the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what are you thinking? What's next? So we're developing, um, uh, the technology in a much bigger way. Um, earlier this year, we acquired a company um, called Poncho, which is um, which was named uh, last year the world's best chatbot um, by the Webbies. So, um, you know, we have uh, live customer service twenty four seven with real people that actually um, respond back to you. Um, but for common requests, like if you wrote in right now and said, um, "Hey, can I get another case of CBD?" Um, that's a, a, a fairly common string of words that we should be able to handle with automation. So we we acquired Poncho to strengthen our AI and the natural language processing, which we were already utilizing um, before the acquisition, but now we're able to do it with a level of, fish, of efficiency that um, we didn't have before. Um, and we're looking for additional acquisitions in both technology and in beverages um, to really just strengthen the core, um, the core product offering and, um, and grow faster. Um, I, mean, I think that if, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint um, with this venture specifically, I've realized that um, it truly takes an army of um, an army of people to build a company, really incredible employees, um, great service providers, vendors that are just always constantly providing top level service to the, to the company. You know, our vision is to really continue disrupting the beverage, the beverage space, um, and, and just challenge the, the traditional system that's been established for well over a hundred years now. Um, and doing that, um, requires amazing team, great service providers, all these things that, um, that I think are very, um, very seldom talked about when you talk about building a company. But, um, when you look at, 
the vision that we have, which is really, um, we, you know, we want to have millions of customers and being using, using data to provide them with exactly the beverages that they, that they would like to be consuming on a regular basis. And in order to execute that, that vision, we, we, um, truly need best in class support. So yeah, the next, um, three to five years for us or five to 10 is going to be focused on, um, team, um, you know, strengthening technology and, uh, and using data to make more, more effective decisions and ultimately, you know, disrupting the way that, that beverage distribution, um, you know, exists as, as we know it right now. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Zach. It was great having you today. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. If you enjoy the Glossy Beauty Podcast and aren't a Glossy Plus subscriber yet, it's time to consider joining to get access to all of Glossy's content, member events, ticket discounts, Slack chats, and more. Head to glossy.co slash plus and use the code PRIA25, P-R-I-Y-A, 25 for 25% off an annual subscription. Don't forget to subscribe to the Glossy Beauty Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and leave us any feedback you have.